Hey everyone, Jeremiah Isley here with Board Games FM powered by Theology of Games. Today is Thursday. Uh, it's February. Oh my gosh. It's February 8th. And it's, I'm doing a little bit of late night broadcasting here. Well, not super late night, but I didn't get in on the morning. So I apologize for that. But what I really want to say is I wanted to give you some first impressions because last night we played the game, The Captain is Dead. Now you may have heard of this. It came out last summer-ish from AEG and it is a cooperative game for two to six players, I want to say. Maybe more. It, it, it plays a lot of players. We played it with three last night. It was just me and my boys. And the whole premise of this game is you are on a spaceship and the captain is dead. Imagine that. Uh, he's He's died and you are horribly lost and stranded. Your jump core is damaged and you are besieged by aliens and there's all sorts of things happening to your ship that make it worse and worse and worse on your turn it's really easy each player has a role that they play and it tells them how many actions they can take and it also tells them sort of what skills they know intuitively and you can go around the ship using your skills, using skill cards that you draw by going to the computer core room to use the computer and draw more cards. And you can fix things like you can repair the shields. You can kill aliens that show up on the ship. You can use five engineering skills and two of your actions to increase the jump core because the goal of the game is to survive long enough to increase the jump core all the way to engage and then you engage the jump core and you jump to safety. Meanwhile, after every turn, you're drawing from an alert deck that makes more bad things happen. Like you take a hit from an enemy ship or bad, uh, hostile aliens come on board your ship. And when you're in a room with them, they don't attack you, but you can't do anything except kill them or use the teleporter to get out of there. So they start to gum up the whole game. But there's lots of ways to lose. If your shields go to zero, if you can no longer put any more aliens on the board when you have to, or there's one other. Oh, if you draw the very last, uh, the very last alert card from the deck, then you die. Chances are you're going to die before any of those things happen just because the shields are going to get blown up. Your systems all around the ship that you can use, which are great and have lots of fun things going on, they take damage, you have to repair them, they can get destroyed, which is even harder because you have to reinstall them. There's a lot going on in this game. And now you may remember a game called Damage Report, which sounds a lot like this one. It's very similar, except Damage Report is in real time and it has modular boards. The boards change, the outcome changes, the scenario changes. There's a little more going on with that one. And in my opinion, there's room for both of these games in gaming. Uh, Damage Report is fun. I really enjoy the game. It's a real-time, stressful game, and it's definitely more of a gamer game. The Captain is Dead is a great game. It's co-op. It's fun. But it's easier to play in a family or casual setting 
even though I think gamers would enjoy this as a co-op as well, I think it's more accessible for anybody to play because it's not real time. It's not frantic. You can, everybody can talk through their turns. It is easy to quarterback in this one a little bit, but it's still, it's an enjoyable game. It's really fun. I think you would like it. Check it out if you're into co-op games at all. It's uh, The Captain is Dead from AEG. Takes about, it took us a good 60 minutes to play this game. So not a quick filler, but very fun, easy to play, and just a good time. All right, that's it for this first impression. I've got a segment coming up on deck building because that's what we're talking about this week in just a minute. Here it comes any second now. Here it comes. See, I told you I'd be right back. So deck building. Here's the deal with deck building. I know a lot of people are kind of dogging on Dominion. It's a boring theme. You're building duchies and whatever. Let's just be honest. It's still it's still the best deck builder. I really love Dominion. I think it's great. I I don't know why people are saying, "Oh, your your girlfriend won't play it or whatever." My wife and I play Dominion a ton. We've had weekends where her and I have just played Dominion tournaments against each other. It's easy enough to learn. There are a billion expansions, so the replayability is super high because there's a, a million different card types that you can mix in and and create different setups and uh, I, I just Dominion's great I love it now if you want to talk about things that are more accessible or things that add that deck building adds to like Clank or Clank in Space I'll listen to these arguments they're great games they're great concepts and they use deck building as a mechanic or an element of the game but they're not entirely excuse me entirely deck building i'll listen to all of those arguments and they're very valid but when it comes down to just pure deck building i i enjoy dominion here's the thing with dominion and here's my opinion with most standard deck builders they don't need to be more than a two-player game two adding more players doesn't really do much now you say okay Star Realms, Hero Realms, games like that where you are battling each other, we can talk about that because, yes, more players adds more confusion and more conflict and things like that. I get that, but for the most part, a standard deck builder, two players is fine. You can play two players, and it's not any less of a game than it would be with four players. Now, the reason why I stand up for Dominion is this. Now, uh, and if you know me, I'm not one to complain about randomness in in a game. I love dice rollers. I love games that are very chancy and have a lot of luck and randomness to them. But if you want to talk about playing a strategy game and you want to play a deck builder, you're going to play Dominion because... Instead of it just being, I hope a card comes out of the deck and into the lineup that fits what I'm trying to do and the strategy I'm trying to do, and maybe the other person or the other players won't buy that card before my turn comes around again. Though that that is the thing that that drives me crazy the most is. Uh, you bought the card that I wanted to get. There's, you know, it just, it, the cards never come to me. Um, now, 
yes, you can make the argument I should be able to change my strategy on the fly and make things work and not have to worry about a strict strategy that I'm trying to follow. I get that. I do that all the time. Last time I played Star Realms, ask AJ. I wiped them both. We were playing three-player. I wiped them out. I completely destroyed them, and I switched my strategy after the first two or three turns because I couldn't get the cards that I wanted to. But if you want to be able to plan your game out, plan your strategy out, you're going to play a deck builder more like Dominion because all the cards are accessible and the only luck is what comes up in your hand as you draw, as you shuffle and draw. Now, if you build your deck well, that luck becomes more and more and more mitigated because you are building your deck and you are creating a deck that's going to give you a chance to win. At least you think so. So that's my opinion on deck builders. I think Dominion is still the best out there. I love the games that use deck building as an uh, as an element of the game, as sort of a side mechanic of it. it. Speaking of that, there's a Carthage game coming out that is miniature battle arena with deck building, and I'm almost out of time for this segment. So I love those kind of games, but I think Dominion still stands on top of the heap. All right, I'm Jeremiah with Board Games FM. Thanks for listening. Colin, let me know what you think about deck builders and my opinion on Dominion, and I'll argue with you because opinions don't really matter. It's just my thoughts and my ideas. All right, I'm out of time. We'll see you next time here on Board Games FM, powered by TheologyOfGames.com. Hey, everyone. Jeremiah back with another segment today. This one's quicker. I wanted to introduce you to a new segment that I created on my show, That's How I Roll. You can go to theologyofgames.com slash roll and listen to episode 68, in which I do a, fir- or not a first take, a drive-by review of Running with the Bulls by Paul Peterson. But the new segment on that show is a segment I'm calling Game Night Cage Fight. So I'm putting two games into the ring, and one will come out supreme, And I want to know, and we decide this by your vote, by you guys telling us which game should come out on top. And this week I'm putting the game Sonar from Asmodee versus Captain Sonar. So Captain Sonar came out two Gen Cons ago. Sonar came out last Gen Con. Sonar is a four-player version of Captain Sonar, basically. You're playing in teams against the other team, trying to find the other submarine and blow them out of the water. I love Captain Sonar. I've not yet played Sonar, but I want to know which one is going to win the game night cage fight. You guys call in here on Anchor. Let us know what you think. You can tweet at us at Theology of Games. Find us on Facebook or join our Facebook group, Theology of Games group, Or you can always use the old-fashioned email, theologyofgames at gmail.com. All right, let me know who's going to win this game night cage fight, Sonar or Captain Sonar. I'm Jeremiah Isley with Board Games FM, where we bring you daily board game talk powered by Theology of Games. We'll talk to you tomorrow.